This is episode 28 of Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wasey, brought to you by Everything Cowboy. I've got an NFR hangover. You have a hangover of any sort, Wasey? Uh, you know what? For the amount of beers I drank last night, I feel not so bad. Pretty good? Yeah. I crushed a few Michelob Ultras. I saw you had some Michelobs in the refrigerator. Yeah, they're nice. Nice beverage. What was the What was the occasion? Well, it's been my birthday week. Birth week. Wacy's birth week. This was a very important topic on the last podcast. It got a little heated. What, what happened? I don't even remember. What, what were we upset about? You were upset about your birthday and how it was all about you. And it was like, there was something else going on. You're like, no, it's my birthday. It was friends miss over your birthday. And you're like, oh, no, we can't do yeah. that because it's my oh, birthday. Oh, right. Yeah. We can't it's do that. It's just going to be friends with now anyways. We're not having a birthday party. What happened to your birthday party? I just haven't planned it. Nobody's oh. around. Okay. That's my bad. But anyways, it was my birthday <laughs> and I had wrote an exam yesterday. Yeah. So On a Saturday? Yeah. Saturday afternoon what exam. What the fuck's that about? It sucks. Big who ones. Write, what the, who plans that shit? The, the university registrar is a dick. Wow. Yeah, so I had that and then went and had some beers. and yeah. But I feel good today. Today's Did been you, a good day for me. See, the thing about Wacy is as long as he doesn't end up in the karaoke bar, he's probably going to be all right. Yeah. You know, we actually have come to a revelation that we have overstayed our welcome at the karaoke bar. Really? You yeah, guys so calling we, it off there? Or what the hell? Yeah, we probably won't be going there in the near future. Wait, what happened? Nothing. nothing. It just like we were, Preston and I, for some reason, we decided to party on a Tuesday. This was, this was before I went to somewhere. It no, was like the last were, time I left. Was I, where was I that time? You were in Mexico, I think. Okay. Anyways, we go and just like, it was him and I, and then Derek <laughs> just comes and like, we ha- like, we're sitting there like, this is dumb. Like, this sucks. Yeah. And like, it's fun. Like, it's fun if there's a big group of people. Yeah. Like that night when we went, when yeah. you came with us, that was really fun. And then yeah. we went in big groups too. It's a lot more fun. But like, we decided if it's just him and I, we're not going anymore. You can't go there. We're like, people are starting, they know, the regulars know who we are. The DJs know who we are. The bartenders Ooh. know who we are. So wait, does that make you guys regulars? Yeah, it does. Yeah. That's so, not good. That's no, not a good thing. Especially at that type of bar. So you are starting to get go down a dark path. Yeah, you had it down a dark road we didn't <laughs> want to be on anymore. So we had to, uh, we're pulling the plug on the old karaoke bar. For, like, not forever. It's just like, we're not going to be our, for now. our regular spot. Yeah, it's not goodbye, it's see you later. Okay. More sort of thing. Okay. So it's yeah. not like, it's not like an ex-girlfriend. It's just like. No, no, it's just like the, your side piece. <laughs> like if we don't, <laughs> not saying I have a side piece, but. <laughs> If you were to have one, that's what that's what the karaoke bar would be. But we're not trying to branch so what's out. What's your main piece then? For I would say like I would say well, I can't like ranchman's is obviously like your main piece. I haven't been there in a long I time. I, I was gonna go last night, but I ended up turning out. But so what did you do instead? You just drank beers here at the house. No, the so um, fill uh, me in. What what's been happening? Sarah's brother-in-law. Sarah's my uh, girlfriend. Yeah. For those who don't know, she's real. Yeah, he he is an electrician, and his, some of his buddies have a company in town. Yep. And they had their Christmas party last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. have been so Christmas partying up since I've been gone. Yeah, yeah. So we did... I missed three solid weekends of Christmas parties. Yeah, it's been, it's been good, man. So we went there last night, had some beers, and I, I play hockey with a lot of those guys in the State Alumni League when I cover for them. Yeah. So they're all, they're all pretty good guys. So yeah, we drank some beers, played some darts. Didn't smoke any darts. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So it was a no dart Saturday. No dart Saturday. But it was... Yeah, it was a good time. We had a nice... Didn't get too, too wild. I'm still in functioning. I still have another exam left on Monday here, so... Oh, yes. I'm not up quite in the clear. That's fair. Yeah, been lots going on. Well, not really lots going on. I've just been, like, studying and going to Christmas parties. What about the NFR? You you picked me up here at the airport. I just got back. I didn't watch much of it. I yeah, like, you said you were, like, a non-fan this week. You're like, nah, I didn't feel like watching that much. No, That's and it's just, like, the flames are hot right now, so if the flames yeah. are going to... I would rather watch the flames. That's fair. That's fair. And uh, I was busy studying and whatever, and I had people like you to keep me updated. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was happy to see, like, like the rank as Saddlebronk riding around was, like... 89 was like fourth place or whatever. That's pretty, yeah, that's pretty fifth cool. Place. Yeah. They had four 90 point rides. It yeah. was nuts. Yeah. And like I said to you in the truck on the way home, like I was amazed with all the 90 point rides in the rough stock events. Anyways, yeah. like every night somebody was 90. Pretty much. Yeah. They, they, they might've actually been 90 in one event every night. It might be a stat we would have to look at. Yeah. So I mean, but it was pretty incredible this year. Mm-hmm. I thought that way. And then the other one that I was pretty pumped about was all the Canadians doing well on Canadian night. That's true. That was a good evening. Getting a check. That's everybody got cool. a check. Yeah, that was the only night all week. Everybody got placed, but it yeah. was Canadian night. That was cool. That was very cool. How much money did we walk out of there? 580,000 US. Nice. And over 428,000 was won on Canadian stock. Perfect. Another cool stat. And I don't have the numbers on the go-round buckles, but like probably eight or nine or The go-round buckles were really nice. I seen a picture of yeah. Orange. They were Montana really nice. Montana Silversmiths. They were really nice. Pretty badass. Shout out. Mm-hmm. World were, champion buckle makers. 
I really, uh, really like those a lot. Yeah, they make nice stuff. I, did you see my feather yet? No. I got a feather, man. I you got so many trinkets and stuff. I got a whole handful of Wrangler Long Live Cowboys he brought stickers. A, Ted brought a full size boat home. I brought I brought a boat home. What else did I bring home? A million Wrangler some, stickers. Tobacco, some Wrangler stickers. I got some free jeans too. Sweet. So if you you know if you know there's a, a swear word you've been saying around the house lately. So I I have some a pair of free jeans for you. So Perfect. you can get back on the right uh, get on the right, right get on the right team. <laughs> Amen. I'll wear whatever's cheapest. I'm going to put a Wrangler Long Live Cowboy sticker on everything Oasis in the house. It's just going to be branded. That's fine. I'm okay representing with it. Well, how about yeah. you? You were the guy who was there. You were in the mix. You yeah. were living it up. It was cool. I seen one night you got a little out of hand there. Where? Got on the sauce the one night with the BFO guys and Keenan and Corb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I Brins, forgot Brins about and, that Brins one. and Snapchat. <laughs> I didn't have that much to drink. We just were having a great time. But my head really hurt the next day. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> there yeah, we were some... talking to you on the phone the, the next morning. You're feeling pretty rough. Well, and I just don't remember being like. You have those nights sometimes where you like don't actually drink that much, but you're having you're a great so, time. Uh huh. And then you just feel so bad the next the day. next day, right? Like, but I only had like I only remember having like four drinks in my hand, like four different drinks. But they're like mm-hmm. Vegas free pour, so they maybe like, like triples. Mm-hmm. And then like whatever kind of swish Luke had in the cup was like pretty hefty. Mm-hmm. And my head hurt real bad the next day. Those are the worst. So when you get mixed in the beverages is when you oh. start feeling rough. Yeah, because I think I had a gin and tonic, and I had some whiskey and water, and then I had something with, I think Brinson brought me one with ginger ale mm-hmm, in it, mm-hmm. and then there was like whatever the hell was in the cup, and then I think we had some tequila, and then we went to the Mirage, and then there was like five of us in a car, and we were drinking out of a, like out of that cup, and then eventually Next I just you know. pulled the ripcord and just yank, and I was gone. See ya. Like 3 a.m. Uber, get me out of here. Get me back just, to the I Tropicana. Think, I think I had to do something in the morning, too. It was just, I was not having a good time. <laughs> oh, you had a meeting with Wrangler. Oh, no, yeah. with, Mo- yeah, Montana the next yeah. morning. I met the boss of the whole company, and... You're hung down. Oh, gosh. Donnie hey. picks me up. He called Teddy's me. he has got his dark sunglasses on. He calls me in the morning at, like, 8.30, and I'm like, oh, hello? Just real hungover. What are you doing, Ted? I've been out for three hours already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Donnie's going, and he's like, he's like, okay, I'll give you a shout in a bit. And then he's like, okay, I'm here, and I'm like, I barely got out of the shower at this point like i was still in bed at like 9 30 he picked mm-hmm. me up at, i think he picked me up at 10 and i still wasn't even rolling yet pretty rough, rough shape. morning for ted but uh he had oh. the vegas flu oh and i got it real bad here just the casinos and the smoke and like a whole week did you smoke any darts yourself no i did not <laughs> can confirm no Ken. darts total of darts smoked for Ken the week is not a dart me. haver zero no darts dart free zone for nice me. man Happy to be home, though. Yeah, the NFR this year is way different. Uh, a lot of the maiden photographers weren't there. Mike Copeman, Dan Hubble. Uh, there's some weird shit going on with all that. And then the media room, we used to have really nice meals there. Every night we had like a full meal. Like we had like meatloaf one night and we had like roast beef and pork tenderloin, pork chops, like really nice meals. It's the only, only meal, real meal I got every day. They said they had cold cuts and hot dogs. So I'm not wieners. trying to be like a food. Like, are we talking like boiled wieners? Yeah, like boiled hot dogs. Oh, no. So it went from like a real meal to like that. So I was kind of disgusted with that part. That's pretty. And it was like really sad. weird. Like one, they didn't even give one of our Wrangler guys a meal ticket. So I gave him mine and got another one because I was so disgusted with that. I'm like, like at the end of it, I didn't want to be there anymore. Like, I don't know what the deal was this year. What the hell happened? But like at this point, I do could care less if I went back to cover the NFR for media again. So mm-hmm. that's the end of my rant there. This is Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wasey live from Las Vegas with Corb Lund. Corb, we've been hanging out in Vegas for a few years now, and uh, I want to talk, the name of the show is Cowboy Shit, so we're going to get your definition of Cowboy Shit later on. Let's kick things off, though. Let's talk about your family and the sport of rodeo. Like, you're a, a career, mu- like a lifelong musician, but you have deep connections in the rodeo world. You've done most of the events as well. Well, some of them when I was a kid. Um, yeah, my mom and dad were both pro rodeo people in Canada, and both my grandpas rodeoed up there. My great grandpa, too, actually. And I've still got uncles and cousins to do it. Grandpa was a judge at Calgary for about 28 years or something like that. And uh, mom won Calgary in 59. She was the first one to do that, too. They say that was the first year they had barrel racing as a major event, yeah. So that's kind of neat. They made our pioneer of the Stampede a couple years ago. Yeah. And now we had lunch with her this year at, uh, at that Pioneer event. luncheon, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, it's pretty Patty. cool. Patty Ivins, yeah, yeah. Patty Lund, Ivins is her maiden name, but yeah, but yeah my, both my grandpas, uh, my grandpa Lund was a bronc rider and my grandpa Ivins was a roper. Grandpa Lund actually did a lot of stuff. He rodeoed in uh, Australia and, and in London, England, and he he went on those trips to Madison Square Garden and Boston Garden. Yeah. I don't know, that'd be the 40s probably? Probably, maybe even before that. Yeah. Because it used to be before the RCA was created in like, I want to say the 30s or I think something? so. He was in on that too. He was in on that? Yeah. And what was his name again? Cl- uh, Clark Lund. Clark, okay, and then DC was your My dad. Your dad. Okay. Yeah, dad was a bulldogger. Okay. 
Yeah, and then, I mean, I rode steers when I was a kid, like we all did. Yeah. And then uh, by the time I was 14, it was too tall. There's nothing to hold on to anymore. So I, I bulldogged a little bit. The the, the, the Ziflis took me out a couple times. Okay. It's pretty fun. But yeah, then I got into music, and now I'm mostly singing about it now. Okay. Uh, let's talk about your family and the trip to like London. Like you were talking about Tom Hughes at one point when we were having lunch that day. Yeah. And they went to Africa with the rodeo as well. Like. Yeah. In 73 or 74, Zambia, Africa was celebrating its 10th anniversary of independence from Rhodesia and somebody in their government decided they wanted to have a Wild West show to commemorate the, as part of the festivities and so they called I think the, maybe the American government too they definitely called the Canadian government to find some people who could put on a Wild West show for them so they called the CRCA back it was called back then and dad was pretty adventurous and he didn't hear about it until uh, the word was out for a few months and he didn't hear about it until right at the, the last minute he apparently heard about it on Thursday and him and mum were on a, on a plane to Zambia, Africa by Tuesday with, with Tommy Buse and, and Rosemary Buse. Rosemary, my mum and Rosemary grew up together in Carson. They're old buddies. Rosemary Linder. And then uh, Gordy Kessler, too. So the five of them went to Africa, <coughs> Zambia, for a month in Lusaka. And uh, they spent three weeks getting the stock together and, and building the arena and stuff. And then they put on a week's worth of performances. And the funny part was, funny for me, not for them, but the, the local African um, mounted police were forced to become bronc riders. <laughs> they were they were ordered to ride Bronx, and so I've got I've got really cool Super A footage and old, old footage of of, um, of these guys trying to ride Bronx. And Dad's trying to teach him to bulldog and stuff. It's pretty neat. Oh wow! And one of the one of the cool stories out of the whole thing was that the African guys were kind of amazed that these Canadian guys could do all these crazy things with animals and stuff. And they noticed that every every few minutes they'd reach into their back pocket and take a pinch of this kind of magic potion, put it in their lip, and they figured that was there. A lot of them were sort of tribal people still, and they figured that was some kind of animal magic or something, which maybe it is. Maybe it is, yeah. Copenhagen. So how much Copenhagen got left in, in Africa? I don't know. I'd like to ask about that. Probably not much. They probably ran out. <laughs> They're probably trying to improvise. hard to find it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it, uh, Copenhagen, like, snuff originated in Europe, did it not? Yeah, it's, it's Scandinavian, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned your grandfather was in London, England, was that right? Yeah. Rodeo-wise? Do you yeah. Know, it's been banned there for numerous years, hasn't it? Probably. But this yeah. is like the 30s, right? So. What was the, what, the, what was that? <clears throat> I don't know. I've seen the program. A bunch of Canadian cowboys went. I imagine it was just kind of an exhibition, same as the one they would have in New York City back in the time. Because yeah, yeah. at that time, it seemed like there was even more of that than there is now. Like It, it almost did seem like it kind of crossed over into into Wild West show territory sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, out here, out West, it was a sport, obviously, but it seems like sometimes it was it was sort of viewed as a, as a sort of more of a spectacle. Hmm. And to have those rodeos at Madison Square Garden and at the Boston Garden and in, in London, like, it was kind of more mainstream then in the 50s with, like, Casey Tibbs was on the cover of Time magazine. Yeah. Like it's kind of, I don't, I don't know what happened, but what do you what do you think's changed? It seems like it, it seems like over the decades it kind of drifts in and out of public consciousness, right? So. I guess so. Where like the cowboy is kind of cool again, I think. Yeah, and it has to do with big, bigger trends of, of culture too, I think, because it, Western lifestyle in general seems to kind of drift in and out. Like country music, for that matter, too. It seems like, like it's always got its core audience, but but then it kind of drifts into the into the wider mainstream culture sometimes, and then, and then drift, drifts out again. Yeah, that's true. Remember the Urban Cowboy days? Oh, yeah, that was the 80s, wasn't it? Yeah. Or was it early 90s? I think it was early 80s, actually, mid-80s. Okay. I want to get to NFR. It's been a couple years now that you've been down here. You had a show at the MGM in, like, mm -hmm. that was 2016, I think, yeah. you had that one. Mm -hmm. And then last year you played at the Tropicana for the Bullfighters Only and, yeah. and uh, the Hui, like, jam party. Hui jam, there. yeah. Yeah. How's it been there the last few years? And this year you did the Hui party at the Brooklyn Bowl. Yeah. Well, I just kind of want to talk about yourself and Rodeo and the PBR World Finals this year, too. Like, mm -hmm. It's been cool to kind of see you at all out of the last couple years. Yeah. In Canada, we play, like, as you know, our career is kind of lopsided because in Canada, we're quite well known. Yeah. And we've been playing in the States for years. We have a core following down here, but a lot of the people that I think would really pick up on what we do are, are Western people. And and I, it only, I don't know why it didn't occur to me sooner, but, but coming and doing events like this has been super valuable for the U.S. for us because, I mean, we play a lot of fairs and rodeos in Canada, and it's a perfect fit, and that's what I'm singing about. So it's... Any Canadian artist, it's it's a classic thing. Every Canadian artist has it's always a struggle to get known in the states. So for me, 
like playing for Western people and at rodeos and stuff is, is a perfect way to put, put my foot in the door down here. Because as you know, like in a lot of ways, people from Alberta, especially you know rural people from Alberta, there's almost more cultural connection down the Rockies than yeah. there is going east, right? Yeah, so. definitely. There's not even it's not even sort of. It's definitely it's for sure. Yeah. It's quite so yeah, defined. I feel like these are my people, you know. And and you've had some wins here in the last last few years, right? You were you were talking the other day that you already have a couple more shows on the go next year, and you had a couple more. Yeah. Like they're getting booked. It just feels like we, the, the word's getting out about us, and it's kind of a cool thing because when you start out as a musician and you're 22, as your career builds, you're you're still getting your act together and sort of figuring out how to do it. But we've been doing this long enough that we we sort of know how to do it already. It's just a matter yeah. of letting people know about who we yeah. are. So, where have you found your best success so far in the United States? I remember you telling me about Montana, Colorado. Texas. Yeah, I'd say two areas. One, one would be Montana, Wyoming, Colorado, mostly because that's close to home, and then Texas slash Oklahoma because Texas has a really special music scene. Like, the, I don't know why it's just it's baked into their culture more than anywhere else. Maybe I think the, uh, Ireland would be a close second. Really? Yeah. Well, you were just there with uh, with Coulter Wall and uh, uh, was it Hayes there? Oh, Scotland. The, Scotland. That was Scotland. Oh, yeah. okay. Similar though, okay. but but no, Texas has a really great uh, support for music there and it seems like the average person on the street is much more tuned into original music and and like they're, they're really uh, I want to say nationalistic almost about their about <laughs> about their Texas guys because there's 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 people in Texas that make a living and never hardly leave the state yeah and that's all because well there's great music musicians down there but there's also a really great support for music I think live music is much more part of the culture in Texas than it is a lot of other places like all that dance hall stuff yeah and so yeah the, when I first started playing in the states that was the place that I felt most at home and, and most welcomed. A lot of the other bands in that scene, like Hayes and, and Reckless Kelly and the Turnpike guys, were really, really welcoming. Well, we, we fit down there. It's cool. Oh, definitely. Well, and talk about the dance halls. Like, there's not many left in Canada. Like, the only place you can go play live music or go see live music in Calgary now is like the Ranchmans on the weekends and like the Blues Can. Like, I don't yeah. even know anywhere else that you can hear live music anymore. Yeah, there's a few, but yeah, you're right. Well, the thing that the dance hall thing is different too because it, it was like a, it's almost essentially a community hall right yeah and, and everyone in then it's a, I think it's a 150 year old tradition yeah. down there people would come from all over the area to hear dance bands right yeah. western swing and all that kind of stuff and then that was those are the ones where you can bring your own beer right I would imagine yeah, <laughs> I would guess so I remember going to one of those when we were in San Angelo at a college rodeo or something we had a lot of fun it's, it's neat because our we, we have a lot of different facets to our audience like a big a big chunk of our audience are, are legit western people yeah. but we also play to a lot of people who like Steve Earle or or Hayes like they, you know Americana or Red Dirt they call it yeah so it's kind of cool because we have our, our foot in a, a number of different genres kind of and audiences so it's it's neat but the western people are the closest to my heart I mean that's our people right yeah they are our people they and that's who we are as well mm -hmm. and, it, and it's more I think it's more authentic coming from yourself having actually done it and competed and your family's involved like it's a, it's a perfect fit yeah sometimes I feel like a bit of a fraud because I only wrote years till I was 15 right yeah. <laughs> but you know I definitely have a deep family history in it. and I'm reminded that Charlie Russell was apparently not that great of a hand anyway so oh, really <laughs> yeah he's from St. Louis right I've, I've made peace with the fact that there's a place in in, in uh, cowboy culture for the chroniclers of the uh, lifestyle you know? I guess I would consider myself in the same boat because I sit on a few bulls here and there and whatnot and, but I haven't even got to ride a horse and you know I don't get to ride very often so I live in the city now I have a house in town and did you ever tie goats when you were a kid no, never did. Actually, I shouldn't. I maybe did in college or something. but it was Competitively, I mean. No, I never competed. I've, I actually went into a charity barrel race one time, but it was just for a charity, so it made it okay. I was in horse forage for years when I was a little kid. It was really? fun. Until I figured out you could make a 1500 bucks in beef forage, I switched. <laughs> Every guest on the show, we ask them what their definition of cowboy shit is. For me, I think... <sighs> The word cowboy has a lot of, it's, it's, the word has really um, been diluted, like thinned out. Yeah. I, to me, I, I still reserve it mostly for guys that work, work cattle, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, if Truly. you get right down to it. I think people who work with cattle and, and uh, ranchers and stuff, that's that's my definition. I mean rodeo guys too, but it's yeah. funny because, you know, we've talked about this. Rodeo, especially these days, has a very wide scope of people, ba backgrounds. Some people really don't have a Western background at all, and that's yeah. cool. But but the ones that do, I, I think the, the deep 
deeper it goes, the, the more I consider that real cowboy stuff. Does that make sense? Yes. Was that, was that rambly? No, that wasn't rambly. I, I'm thinking though, you're kind of making it. You're kind of a purist on the on the definition. I'm. I'm that's what I'm gathering based on what you said. Kind of. And I, I mean, I, I have trouble applying the term to myself sometimes. Sometimes, Because, I mean, I, I yeah. like to, I, out of respect for guys that still work, yeah. work, work in cowboys, right? I guess what you said, too, though, about how the how we can be the chroniclers of the essence or of that, like, of that lifestyle, right? That's part of it, for sure. Yeah. So we can still, and we mentioned the story, too, about Las Vegas here. The, one of the times we, you had a show here, and you had a, you know, we were talking about stuff that might be cowboy shit at different times, right? You can still do cowboy shit and maybe not actually be ranching and whatnot, but there's some stuff that's kind of... You, you can take the boy out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the boy. <laughs> I think the drunkest show I ever... This is, the statute of limitations has passed on this, so I can talk about it. But I think the drunkest show I ever played was, was in Las Vegas at a place called The Bunkhouse. And my girlfriend, who I met here, had a friend who runs an Irish bar, and he came to it, and he, he likes whiskey a lot, right? Yeah. And I couldn't keep up with him even close, and he oh, got wow. me super hammered and then I, I thought it would be a good idea for some reason to pass out underneath the, the van, van trailer and they found me with my legs sticking out from underneath of it like the Wicked Witch of the West which is good I, I suppose because they could have backed over me otherwise yeah. I guess that's kind of cowboy I mean yeah it's, it's I, was wearing, kinda... I was wearing boots <laughs> we got to talk a little bit about music I'm not sure maybe maybe like what your favorite rodeo song is or cowboy song or like what oh boy what would that be the first songs I ever learned to sing were were old ballads that my grandpa would, would sing to me. And those actually I, I rediscovered later on the Marty Robbins Gunfighter record. Yeah. But the Strawberry Roan and When the Work's All Done This Fall and Little Joe the Wrangler. And then, I mean, Ian Tyson's got some great ones. He's got one called Rodeo Road that's really good. Mm -hmm. Someday Soon's a great rodeo song, really. One of the greatest ever. Yeah. Chris has a bunch of good ones. Yeah. What's your favorite that you have, though? That I wrote? That yeah, I what, yeah, what's your favorite one that way? Um, there's one called The Rodeo's Over that I, that I sang with Ian Tyson. I think that's probably my favorite. That's your favorite? I think so. And what about the one about your uncle, uh, Lynn, though? Bucking Horse Rider? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one, too. That may be a close second. Close second. Well, in there, and they fit in perfectly here at the finals, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, because there's hardly anybody currently writing Western stuff that's true. at all. Like, there's a few of us, but not many. And that's not all I do, either. But, I mean, I, I think, as you know, I was, I was in a... I, I grew up real Western, and then when I was about 16, I got into rock and roll music. Yeah. And I was in a rock band for about 10 years, which... Smalls. Yeah. And we were real... Uh, real underground kind of cult following kind of thing yeah. and the atmosphere in that scene at the time was really focused on doing your own thing and being unique and trying to find different sounds and stuff and, and I think that had a permanent effect on my songwriting because I think if I'd have just stuck with western music right from start to finish it would be a lot more in the lane hmm. but because I, I, I sort of forged my songwriting in an environment when it was when you're encouraged to be as out there as you could sometimes I think I think that blended with the, the historical ancestral cowboy stuff that I grew up with kind of forged the songwriting style that I have. If, if there's any quirkiness to it, that's why. Is that kind of how you got like your rockabilly song? Like the that one that's that way? Is that kind of how like that could fit in you mean or is that? Yeah, I'm not a purist in terms of what I'm writing about. I write about whatever appeals to me at the time yeah. and a lot of that includes western stuff but you know, I write about grave diggers and, yeah. and goth chicks <laughs> and whatever. Awesome. Live from Las Vegas, this has been Cowboy Shit. This is Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy. Ted is back home, Corb is back home, NFR is over, and now here are the highlights. Well, we're both pretty wiped out from Vegas. Five days ago, right? Five days. I don't know. I lost track of the days. <laughs> that was, was on like halfway through Vegas, and then now yeah. we're home. <laughs> brain dead, broken, yeah. exhausted. We've been sleeping all day on our like just licking our wounds on the couch on our own places, just trying to figure out what day it is and shit. You asked me last week my definite of cow definition of cowboy <laughs> shit. I think I think that's the definition of cowboy shit, doing 10 days in Vegas <laughs> at, the, at the NFR. <laughs> and not dying? Yeah. Just being able to like, yeah. It probably isn't even, like I can't even say it's us because it's the guys that do 10 days in Vegas and then go home and like do real cowboy shit again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, tell me about your week, though. I got to say it was pretty kick-ass for us to come see your shows at the different times. Like, you had uh, the Brooklyn Bowl for the Huey Party the first Friday. You had the show with uh, on Fremont Street, and then you did another show. Like, two more. You did the Greeley Hats one. Like, tell us about the, show, the shows in Vegas and what all went down. Yeah, it was really good. I mean, I sort of play, I, don't, I can't remember how much we talked about this last week, but my music's pretty pretty Western-based, right? And there really oh, yeah. aren't that many of us doing it. And a lot of the shows I play in Canada are attended by Western people, ranchers, rodeo people. I think that's probably my most obvious foot in the door in the U.S., right? Because yeah. 
not everybody knows it's down there, but but playing at the NFR is like the best possible place for me to play every year. So yeah, because you know how it is. Everybody from the West comes there, and then they see it, and then they go back home and tell their friends, or or maybe play for community people for other rodeos. It's really great. So yeah, on the Wednesday night we played the kickoff party the night before the first perf on the Wednesday. Yeah, at uh, Fremont Street outside, and that was real fun. It was a rocker. I I kind of expected it to be um, one of those things outside where just random people walk by gawking at you, but it wasn't like that. <laughs> Hundreds of times people knew our stuff. It was really gratifying. And then Friday, yeah, we played with our friends at Trimpike Troubadours at uh, the Hooli party. That was a good one. We played those uh, the Hooli people a couple years in a row. Now they're really good to us. They're great too. The turn, they're your Turnpike buddies. I and I met. Remember meeting? Uh, was it Evan? Is that right? Yeah. Where'd you meet Evan? You introduced me to him at the Mirage or somewhere along the line. It, we were, it was pretty Just drunk trip? out by that hour. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot all about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some of it's coming yeah, back Evan, to me now here different times. Evan's one of my best uh, music buddies. Yeah, we, we, we've toured with the Turnpike like, Tube a time, both down in the States and then we, we brought them up here years ago, too. They're great. I'd, I'd love to yeah. see them back up here again, too. Yeah, they're really good. And um, and then, yeah, I played a couple of private parties, one for the Greedy Hat folks slash Times Jeans people. Yeah, like a private party, and then I played. Uh, I just kind of popped up playing Flint show and yeah, Anthony Lucia show and stuff like that. So yeah, it was a real good week, all in all. Lots of the beauty of the music business is is staying out late, drinking beer with people is basically yeah. literally networking. For <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's pretty good. And I got to go to three performances and uh, yeah, and I went to a couple of the bullfighter only deals. That was really great. So that, it was very it was a very full week. What did you think of the rodeo? You've been there a few awesome. year, few times now, but yeah, yeah, it's it. so awesome. Like I can't believe. It looks like a highlight reel they run that so well like we talked about how we've all seen small town rodeos that are fun but they drag on and on and on yeah, right? yeah. they run the NFR like a highlight reel it's crazy I can't believe anybody can get cowboys to be that organized <laughs> or be that fast hey like it's just <laughs> I, I think almost every committee in the world could go to the NFR and learn something and realize yeah, that probably. they can run a quick rodeo it's not impossible you know you know what strikes me we we're talking about this a bit before but a couple of things that strike me the difference between Canadian rodeo and American Oh, yeah. One thing is the is the all round deal, yeah. Like because because in in Canada, I don't know. At least it used to be. You still have to work both ends, don't you? Still do. You still do. Yeah. So that's that's a lot more all around. You know, that to me that's a lot. And in the old days, like my dad worked all the events in the old days, like when he was yeah. a kid. Like people used to do that, but now it's so specialized and so much money that it's, it's rare you get a guy that can do more than one thing. But I think it deserves to. I guess what do they call it down there? The Lind- the Linderman Award is that what they call yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. And that's when the that's for whoever wins the most in in. Uh, I think it's three events actually. I think for the Linwood Award, but it might be it might just be two. But I remember the most recent Canadian guy to win it was Kyle Thompson, like maybe like twenty eleven or twelve or something. And I think yeah. he was. I think he won money. He for sure won money in the bronc riding and the bulldog. But I think he also had a thousand in the team roping. So he. Really? Yeah. I think it's three events, but but it's more true because it has to be both ends. In my yeah, opinion. to me to me both ends is that's literally all round, right? Yeah, like all round cowboy. Well, and but, in Canada we have the high point, which is two events, which is actually essentially what the American all around. All around. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not, not to be critical, but I mean, it's, it takes a lot more, a wider range of skills. Cause usually it's the, yeah. usually it's the cap ropers that win it. Cause they, they dabble in steer roping or team roping. Yeah. Right? Like, and that's how Trevor Brazil has won 24 world titles. You know, he's won, uh, I think 12 or 14 in the all around. Then he's won a few steer roping, a couple calf roping. And, uh, I think he won the team roping once too, but he's never rode his bull. So what would he do on that end of the arena? Where, I mean, but then again, Ty Murray never did any time event. He probably could have done enough to win a thousand dollars a year and and still win the all around per se. But yeah. there's not. It's very rare for somebody to be very to do well at bron- you know say bronc riding and bulldogging. One of the yeah. guys that's done, done it the best lately was probably Stephen Turner to do to yeah. be a, you know make the Canadian, Canadian finals in the steer wrestling and bull riding in the same year. And you know he was top fifty in the PRCA a little bit. But there haven't been many guys make the NFR on both ends of the arena. It'd be a very select few. Yeah. My uncle Lynn Jensen used to ride. He used to be a bareback rider. Yeah, and he used to. If there was enough, if there was enough money added, or if, or if he was, you know, thought he had a, any kind of shot at, at an all-round paycheck, he he'd enter the dog and just take it. <laughs> oh, he really? wasn't very good. Every once in a while, he'd catch one. No, <laughs> he he won a couple all-around titles of yeah. different place, didn't he? I think he did. Yeah, he yeah. he he dog a little bit. Okay. 
another another difference that, that was a revelation to me, not not so much yeah. since I've been going to NFR, but I think the first time I ever saw it was on TV a few years ago. But like when I was growing up, growing up going to rodeos in Canada, like the team roping is a whole different beast in the U.S., right? Yeah. Because like for some reason, most of the rodeos I went to when I was a kid, the team roping was kind of like a lot of local people, and, yeah. which is fine. But but it was like you know the times of thirteen, fifteen. And oh yeah, it was a revelation to me when you go down there. And it's four seconds. Like holy crap! It's impressive. It's one of the you best events rope. when the guys do well. Yeah, it's really fun to watch. And yeah. I did, I had no idea that that when I was a kid watching team roping here, I had no idea that it could be that fast. Well, nobody had any respect for it for a long time in Canada. Like I think it was only till the, this... the, the boys a couple of years ago. Eh? Yeah, like like it. it was it was only till this year, I think, that the Canadian Finals Rodeo paid equal money. Like it's 2018, really? and this is the first year we've even, they've even had equal money. It's huh. quite bizarre, actually. Well, kind of, but I mean, there are some differences. Like, I mean, like yeah. you said, we don't we don't have uh, steer tripping or whatever, and, yeah. and we have we. I mean, we have. There's a few things that we have up north that are different than like we. I don't know if they have chucks. Not the chucks are really rodeo, but we, we they don't have a lot of chuck wagons down there, right? No, you're right. It's very yeah. I, I think the the most of the chuck wagons that are down there are the guys doing kind of like show performances from up here. You know, it's an interesting story. Uh, my grandpa Ivan's my mom, my mom's dad. He 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 was a roper. Yeah. He he said he went to he mostly rode in Canada, but he'd go to the odd Montana or Wyoming. Yeah. Rodeo, and he he said that in those days, I guess it'd be the forties probably or the fifties. Yeah. He said they were they they were they weren't tying off like they weren't tied hard and fast in the states, and they oh. were in Canada. Oh. So he they would dally when they were calf roping in Montana at that time. So he told me a couple about a couple of times when he'd come out and make her catch a calf, make a really good run, and he'd just throw the slack out and the calf would run down the arena. Oh, because <laughs> he, he used to be inside. Oh man, <laughs> pretty funny. Like he he turned into a breakaway there by accident. Yeah, he was just kind but of yeah. It's interesting the, the slight differences and another yeah. cool thing. I, I I don't know if we talked about this, but my mom and dad um just talking about differences in rodeo between country to country. Yeah, um, my folks rodeoed in in Australia for a season in the late sixties. Okay, and. They, they roping calf roping was just new down there then because they don't traditionally like their stockmen didn't use saddles they used English saddles there's no horn on them no. yeah. roping's not really a part of their culture and so dad won a bunch of rodeos roping down there and, and he, <laughs> he, he was a very mediocre roper at best right huh but he could win but in Australia said, yeah and then he said he said when he'd tie a calf all the, all the cowboys gather around to watch him because they're all it was all brand new to them they just started really? doing it geez that reminds me of a story in in Mexico one time I was at a rodeo in Chihuahua and it was actually Steven Turner too he won money he won like second in this big international rodeo we were at and I think his best time was like maybe like 12 seconds or something it was pretty slow but he won like two thousand dollars US or like fifty thousand pesos or something crazy well, calf well, roping. Isn't Mexican rodeo totally different? Um, this one we were at was very Americanized for a rodeo oh. in Mexico. And okay. it was kind of standardized across the planet because there was like 17 countries represented at this thing. Really? Yeah. Because the traditional Mexican rodeos are totally different, oh, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's more the charro kind of uh, Western festival show. There's lots of like pageantry and that kind of thing. And the horses with the really long mane and the trick roping and the diff- like the, the different saddles. And you were telling me about that book, too, that would probably help me learn about what a lot of those things were. The Joe yeah. Mora book? Yeah, Joe right? Mora, yeah. yeah. Trail dust and saddle leather. Yeah, yeah. I recommend that to everybody. I grew up with this stuff, and I learned a ton from that book. It's yeah. it's basically a, a book about the evolution of cowboy gear. From, it's probably <laughs> it's probably the definition of cowboy shit. It's probably in there, actually, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really literally is. It, yeah. it talks about the evolution of all the gear, like the clothes and the saddles and the bits and the spurs and everything from, from the early Texans when they learned it from the vaqueros all the way to... 50s. I'm, I'm going to get that book. I had it wrote down, but I'm going to get that one again. Make yeah, sure it's really it neat. And then he's got another book called The Cal... So that book's called Trail Dust and Saddle Leather. I yeah. would recommend it to anybody. Yeah. But he's got another book that he wrote called The Californios, which is a, a book about the, the sort of the pre-cowboys, like the vaqueros that were running the cattle in the Spanish missions in California in the 18, 1700s. And like all the all the Texas cowboy stuff comes from the vaqueros originally, right? Hmm. That's where they that's where they learned it. So hmm. so he's got he's got both books. One about the sort of the pre Anglo Texas cowboy, and then one about the Texas cowboy forward. You can't tell a ca- Texas cowboy where they came from, though. Probably can you? They probably they think like it all it. originated. <laughs> 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 we didn't talk much about music when we were in Vegas, though. Tell me about what you got coming up for your next shows that you got on the line, and you actually flew oh. right from Vegas to Vancouver too. Yeah, we recorded some music last month, and I was just finishing up some finishing touches on it. So that's okay. what's come out. It's actually just a bunch of. Cover songs we're doing for fun, yep. old songs that we 
the obscure tunes that I've always liked. Yeah. I'm making a real record in the spring, like of my own songs. But okay. yeah, we did a Marty Robbins song and a Willie Nelson song and a AC/DC, Nancy Sinatra right? song. Did you say Sinatra? Nancy Sinatra. Oh, He's Nancy Sinatra. Oh, okay. And then you were telling me, and we saw it a couple times over the last couple months and the travels between where we've all been and whatnot. But you, you were telling me about Ian being on an uh, ACDC track called Ride On. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't finished quite finished that one. I'm not sure if it's going to make the cut, but it's pretty cool. It's this, it's this kind of um, ACDC ballad called Ride On, and it's yeah. kind of um, it's not one of the top 10 ACDC well-known songs, but, yeah. but ACDC fans will know it. And it's kind of a ballad about a hard-living guy and i've tried to i tried to countrify it a little bit but yeah i got ian to do some backups on it and it's it's really quite cool it's quite a whole different spin on the song well didn't didn't you have uh you were singing something from the eagles that, that night in red deer too at during the cfr yeah yeah there's an eagle song too an obscure eagle song so yeah we're just just kind of for fun i mean we've i've made what like nine records of my own so it's yeah. kind of fun to play and some of these play, songs we've been playing as has covers for years already, so we just yeah. figured we'd record them. These are going on like a EP, you said, right? Like just kind yeah, of like it'll be like EP. an EP, some kind of EP, and this probably March or something like that. Okay, and then yours is coming out probably like next fall kind of thing when you get your own. Yeah, rolling? yeah, it depends on the writing. I've got a bunch of stuff, but I got it. The next few months are kind of key to it. Yeah, we might record in May if, assuming I have the stuff written and it's kind of a actually this many records it's more important to make a really good one than to just crank one up so i'm yeah i really want to make sure it's good so if, it, if i don't have my shit together i might push it a little bit but, that's, but yeah what makes it good got, for you just working on the songs long enough that yeah because you get in, you get into kind of a you know it's a career too right so you get into this kind of cycle you put out a record in your tour you put out a record and you kind of feel like you should put one out every couple of years but sometimes you get pressure from I mean, I'm not in a position where I get pressure from my record label or anything. I just feel my own pressure, like like I should get something out. Yeah. But the longer I wait and the more I work on it, the more the song. Like, that, that ideal situation would be for me to write the songs, show the guys, play them live a ton, yeah. and then go record them. Because then it, it works, works, works them in, you know? Okay. I don't know. I, I have a bunch of tunes, but I want to make sure they're all, I want to make a really good good one you're talking about having the tunes and then playing them and one of like one of the songs that's going to be on this next one is going to be horse poor wouldn't it be yeah that one's been around for a while so that'll be yeah. that'll be a good one but it's like but, it's um, such a cool song though and like, i think it's going to work out really well <laughs> my, my friend jada dreyer she's a she's a horse lady from she's from ontario originally she lives in nashville now and she's she's had a bunch of hits with all the country guys on the radio luke bryan those guys yeah but she it was her idea and, and then we wrote it together to do that about how the lady spends all the guys money on horses oh it's i love that one it's hilarious Okay, get this though. So I went, I went to, let's say, I got invited to Hollywood to go meet Sam Elliott and yeah. Ashton Kutcher on, yeah, at the ranch, on the ranch, that, the Netflix show. And my plan is, I don't know, Sam, I'd only met him for five minutes, but yeah, there's a part in that horse poor song that's kind of a, a takeoff, a funny takeoff on wedding vows, like the bridge of the song. And I want to get Sam Elliott to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you were telling us about that in Vegas. That'll be, uh... yeah, be, that'd be a major, a major career coup. <laughs> But you were telling us about that that whole experience, and and you, like, didn't you say you got Sam's number? Or you got it was with his people, or what happened there? No, I didn't get his number. We chatted oh. for quite a while. I mean, okay. I know the, the the people that got me into that had me come play were the writers, like yeah. the people that write the show, and they, I mean, they can reach him easily. Obviously, yeah. So yeah, so it was really fun. Let's talk more about the ranch if you had more on that about that though. Not a whole lot. Just that, no? like, it was kind of fun because they, they they shoot the episodes live every Friday. Yeah. With a live audience. Yeah. And so I got to go and watch it, and then after that, I I got to. Um, play like a little half an hour little solo live show for the cast and crew afterwards. It's pretty weird because they told me Ashton Kutcher doesn't usually stick around for that stuff, but really? I saw this guy kind of, everybody was sitting in front of me and there was somebody sitting way off to the side and mm-hmm. I just I didn't think much of it. And they kept taking pictures. And at the end, I played that S. Lazy H song, that really downer, losing, losing the ranch team. Yeah. And somebody goes, holy shit, that's a bummer. <laughs> I looked over, it was Ashton Kutcher, right? Really? Yeah. And then he came up after and he, he had quite a good shot, actually. Really? Yeah. What was he like? He, I, I've just known him from like being the guy in the funniest movies of my childhood, from like Dude, Where's My Car, like to yeah, that 70s he's show. A, he's pretty cool, actually. He's from a farm in, I, I want to say Iowa, maybe. Really? He's a farm kid, but yeah, he he was really great. He was really genuine and yeah, had a good childhood. I I wrote this down when you're talking about Sam Elliott, but is he the coolest person you've met in your travels in 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 the world of music, or is there anybody else? Because he seems like kind of the pinnacle of this business almost. It's hard to beat Tyson. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, he's the one. He's right up there for sure. Yeah. Who else would be and, on uh, that list? Ramblin' Jackie Elliott. 
Okay. I kind of dig Miranda. I've met her a few times. Lambert, you mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Marty Stewart's pretty cool. He's known for those kind of hair, hot country hair songs in the 90s. Marty Stewart's a real historian of, of country music. He, he was married to Johnny Cash's daughter, and he was in Johnny Cash's band and in Lester oh, wow. Flatt's band. So he's, he's kind of a legend. Oh, wow. Who have you not met yet that you want to or want to be connected with in this business? Marty Robbins. Oh, I guess that won't happen now, though, will it? <laughs> and Waylon James. All the guys I want to meet are dead. Oh. <laughs> Johnny, Hor- Johnny Horton. Oh, dang. Waylon. Waylon Jennings. But it's pretty cool you've got to spend a lot of your career with, with a guy like Tyson, right? Like, And he's a legend in the business, too. Yeah, I've gotten to be really good friends with him. When I met him, I don't know, years and years ago, I was pretty, pretty scared. Cause yeah. You know, anytime you meet somebody, a hero like that, plus he's got a reputation for can be a little crusty. <laughs> but he was, a, he's been a sweetheart. He's been a super good friend for years and years. And uh, yeah, I, I see him every, it's often as a can when I'm home. We always hang yeah. out. And it's got to the point where I'm just kind of buddies. It feels like hanging out with any of my musician buddies. Yeah. Except for once in a while, like every, every once in a while, I'll, I'll look over and he's got this guitar in his living room that he wrote all the hits on, like all of his big ones. Yeah. I'll, I'll look over at that or I'll see like the Order of Canada on the wall. I'll remember for a second, oh, this is shit, this is the guy that wrote Sunday soon. <laughs> yeah. He's been really big, really big help in my career and just kind of yeah. giving me a bit of advice here and there. But di- didn't you tell me one time that like he was right in with like Sinatra and the guys and like back in the day, like he was, he was right at the t- upper top echelon of the entire well, business for a while. Yeah. In the sixties when folk was huge, Ian and Sylvia were right at the top of it. Like he was, yeah. he was massive. I'm not sure about Sinatra, but he knew, I mean, he knew he knew Johnny Neil Cash. Young. That was the one, wasn't Bob, it? Yeah, Cash and Bob Dylan. And I said, "Do you ever know? Johnny, do you ever meet Johnny Cash?" He goes, oh, "Yeah, I knew John." <laughs> oh wow, they're on a first name basis. <laughs> you know yeah, right. And uh, yeah, like you know, the band and the Grateful Dead, and he knew all those people. That's incredible. And, yeah, he's a beauty. And, and you guys still get to I, hang out. Yeah, yeah, he's just a long view. So. Like one of the things that's kind of neat that we have in common is we, we both kind of have a c- couple different chapters in our musical career. Like I was yeah. in my, my rock band, The Smalls, and then I started playing Western music. Yeah. That ma- matched my upbringing. And he kind of did a similar thing because he, he started out riding Bronx and then he busted his arm or busted his leg, I guess. Yeah. And he learned to play guitar in the hospital and started playing folk music just because that's kind of what was happening. And then he got to be huge doing that. And then that when that kind of finished up, he started playing kind of real legit Western music yeah. in the 80s. We both had a couple of real different, diverse chapters of our career, so I can kind of relate to him on that level. He's also like a walking historian of the West, too, right? Well, and you guys would really connect well over that. So are you. Yeah. yeah. Work to be. We have, we have good talks over that stuff. He's the one that kind of introduced me to the Cowboy Poetry Gathering in Elko, Nevada. Okay. He took me down there the first year. I've been I've been there for probably 10 years now. But he, it's a really neat deal because it's like real traditional cowboy music and yeah. cowboy poetry. And, and they have a trade show but it's all real legit stuff like yeah saddle makers and you know silver silversmiths yeah I, that's somewhere I haven't been yet but I really got to get there sometime yeah you should come down this might be his last year me me, really? me Coulter Wall is going to be there I think me and Coulter Wall are maybe even playing on a song swap together this oh, year oh wow geez I got to look at that then but yeah I'll, I'll hook you up come down yeah sounds good I better let you Why get don't back we both, to work I'm going to have a shot of whiskey and go to sleep yeah I'm done too I need to sleep <laughs> for two days and get ready for next year yeah yeah next year's going to be here about what are we 10 days away yet it's a 15 so 15 <laughs> days yeah about two weeks yeah awesome Corb this is awesome man we'll uh uh, catch up again at the Christmas Christmas Shaker. So thanks. Yep, sounds good, Ted. You're listening to Cowboy Shit, episode 28 with Ted and Wacy. Christmas is coming. It is. Santa Claus is coming to town. He is. What did you ask Santa Claus for? For Christmas, eh? For Christmas. For Chrysler. Uh, Hi, I Chrysler. I don't know. I, uh, I forgot. Teddy, are you going to leave milk and cookies out for our friend Santa Claus? Uh, no, because they'll probably just go bad. Because they'll probably still be here in the fridge when I get back. <laughs> No, other cookies will get eaten. <laughs> it was a noodles. It was a jar of noodles. Sorry, I don't. Oh I, don't police, I don't police the fridge that much. <laughs> was that before Mexico? You didn't make that the night that I was. No, it was when you left for Vegas. You sure? I think it might have been before Mexico, man. No, it wasn't. Those might be some old ass noodles, bud. It wasn't, man. That's. This is pretty good though. This. Either time. way, no harm, no foul. Everybody's alive. <laughs> Just a really old jug of noodles in the fridge. Did you throw out the jar? We still got the jar. Why did you throw out the jar out? Yeah, I was hoping you didn't. It's a good jar. It's yeah, good glass. Just wash it. Yeah, good. I do have to commend Wacy this time. Plants the are alive. Plants have been watered. Props to this guy for taking care of the plants. Farming. Yeah, urban farming. So yeah. that was good. First time I came back and my plants haven't been dead. So that was good. No, that's a lie. Second time? No. 
There's I only mean, been like, one, there's only been one time you've came back and they've been dying. So that's a <laughs> bit of an exaggeration. Yeah, that's true. Bit of an oxymoron there. I don't know if that's what that meaning of that's that an word is. Extreme exaggeration. An oxymoron. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a simile or a, or a uh, not a metaphor, but the other one. There's another one. Extreme something. It's an oxymoron. Okay, I think Google it. Either way, back to business. The NFR wrapped up. NFR is over. It was the same as it's been the last twenty-five years. Nothing changed except there was an awkward pause before the perf started. How was the attendance? It was weird. Oh, it was full. It's full every night. It was great. There's really great content at the rodeo. How was the aside from the whole media room thing? How was the new like the new production? The there new, was nothing changed. It was exactly the same, same thing. It's been. a new new person doing it. Same. same he's show. not even in charge yet altogether. Like he's going to take over at some point, but he's still not in charge. And yeah, it was still the same show. Like I guess same it's, people. It's, it's one of those things. It's like there was some. It's not broke. Don't fix it. Yeah, really like, and yeah, really honestly, the only thing they're going to change is contestants and personnel because the format is, if the format works, I think they could do some different stuff in the opening. Maybe they could use some different personnel. The one opening that I did sit out and watch, uh, Boyd still announced it himself. And honestly, his voice is superior to anyone that was there this year. Mm-hmm. And and Bob Tomlin is another step above that. Mm-hmm. I missed Boyd's voice at that arena. He does have a huge presence at that. Well, even this like rodeo. since you've been covering it, he's been every guy, year. Yeah, yeah, and he's got a he has he has more than than those three that were there. And nothing against those guys, but it's just a different level. It's kind of like how things are in Canada right now. It's like just there's like a different level. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone knows it, but Brett's just he's so he's good. The, yeah, he's the guy. You know, and there's nothing against anyone else. There's a reason why he's level. the eight time or eight in row or nine in yeah. row, whatever the hell he is. And the, and the same thing is, it was present there, I, I thought. And I uh, kind of know a couple of the announcers there, like not very well. They probably don't know who I am, like mm-hmm. doesn't matter. But yeah, like I'm, I'm not trying to knock anybody. It's just, there's just a different level. Like I said before, like, that's all you've known since you've been going yeah, there. Yeah, so. exactly. It's easy to, something like that, when it changes, it's more easy to like Recognize notice. Recognize yeah. notice, yeah. And I mean, music wise, like Benji, Benji does the same stuff. He's done it for a long time. He had a couple different songs. It's He has the same format. The rodeo works though. Like, and, mm-hmm. and that's what somebody else said. They're like, it works. What do you need to change? Yeah, you really don't need to change much. You can change a few personnel and a few things things and like a little bit of stuff there's nothing else you need to do they run a fucking fast rodeo like Mm. it's less than two hours to run like over 100 contestants over 100 outs it's quite quite impressive that way Mm -hmm. one thing that i just remember that was pretty funny to watch is when sage and tim biddington Bennington, they split the round when Sage and some other guy, and oh, they, they rode, rode the horse d- double, yeah. yeah. And the horse and bucked him off. Yeah, that was pretty. That's good. pretty funny. I like that. He didn't set. want to talk about it though. It's lame. Sage didn't like, talk about it. No, he's like, I oh, don't want to talk about that. And I'm like, well, that's the that's the story tonight. Like, who gives a shit? You rode a bull. Like, you rode another bull. Whoop, you do. It's funny. That's people right? and like people like would rather talk about that than the bull ride because they all see they yeah, all we all seen lots of bull rides. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's funny as shit when the guy falls off the victory lap horse. So funny, right? Yeah. So story wise, there was. I mean, with Carmen winning the average was incredible. A lot of our Canadian crew did well. Zeke bucked off in the last round to probably win the world again. Mm-hmm. He had a great week down there. Yeah, won 150,000 US. Great week for him. We're getting in results again here now, but like... Still, you're going to talk about the happened. Canadians. That's pretty cool, though. They did good. Do you hear of any interesting finds? No, I didn't really. But I saw two diff- on two different instances where guys held their hats when they looked like they were going to throw their hats because they thought they were going to get fined. Like Curtis Cassidy didn't throw his hat because he's like, ah, I probably got fined. Now I was like, well, I guess... That's how it is, but fair enough. Let's, uh, I, I got to ask you a question though. And it's funny because Monty Phillips was in Vegas and I didn't even see him. And that re- reminded me of a time when you were in Vegas oh, and I didn't even see you. And right. you peed your pants and you No, I don't want, we don't want to talk about this, man. <laughs> <laughs> Craziest Vegas story. I only have one. I only have one Vegas story. You've only been there once. I've only been there once. But we, you wrecked. Yeah, that was we showed up, <laughs> we partied, things happened, phones got wrecked, whatever. We actually, it was pretty funny. It was a pretty funny <laughs> night. We, uh, it was a Conor McGregor fight there. Oh, that, that year night. too. Yeah. That was a Saturday that, yeah, it was, that the, it was, no, it was before the, the fight. It was the night before the fight. Okay. Yeah. So anybody, oh, there's a bunch of, it was the that. next night was nuts. I remember being around there. Yeah. But so we met up, we, we ended up meeting up with these two Irish guys and making buddies with them and yeah. partied with them. Yeah. And like, I bought a bottle of Fireball on the strip and oh, God. it was, it was around a That's where you know we went I pretty wrong. much spent almost all my money that I had with me. The, the first, first night. night. So you never can go full crazy the first night in Vegas. Right. And see, that's, that's like my fatal flaw. Like we went to Mexico, my brother and I. Yeah. And the, we didn't even check into our room and they give you a wristband to go sit at the bar. So Ooh. you go like, it's like three o'clock in the afternoon and we're just, I don't even remember Ooh. checking into our room, man. Oh no. Fun times though. I did that in Costa Rica once. Yeah, you just, it just get wrecked out real bad. It's funny because you know, it's like you're excited to be there and it's like, yeah. oh, it's a party. And then yeah, next and thing you, you know, do, and then you know, you're upside down in a dumpster. You don't know what happened. 
you're meeting people that met you the night before. You don't know who they are. They know who you are. It's awkward. Yeah, because but you were the life of the party. Like I remember being the guy that like, oh hey, Ted, good to see you. And I'm like, what? So what? Don't happened? know who you are. <laughs> Can you please remind me of who you are? And what? So what exactly happened last night? Because I don't remember. Yeah. It's, and if I don't remember, then it didn't happen. Exactly. Yeah. No Vegas. I hope we could get that back down there sometime soon. Have have a good time. But Someday when you uh, not in school anymore, graduate from university and you're in a full time employee of everything. And get a real work. get a real job. Well, not a real job. We kind of well, real yeah. When I get into the real world, yeah. Well, not, not you're already in the real world. We're just talking like when you're done school. Yeah, yeah. It'll be nice it, to get just, down there. It's just when you're done school. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, <laughs> moving on. <coughs> yeah, you never. That's said. not one of my proudest moments. <coughs> it was fun though. You never said what happened. Like, how'd you, yeah, you broke your phone? That's a story for another time. So did you, when exact, when exactly did you pee your pants? <laughs> like, when did this happen? I don't even know. <laughs> I just woke up and it was... You were just sleeping in your I dirty was fully, pants. I was fully clothed. I was laying. I didn't even get under the covers of my bed. You just laid on top of it. Where was your brother? Did he have his own bed? He was in his own bed. And like, he, did he wake up or did he know? Or did you just... I woke up and I was off like, I pissed myself you... and wrecked my phone. <laughs> just, you're an idiot. <laughs> What happened with your phone? Like, was it just... It was broke. It was wrecked. I didn't even one. turn it on. How do you get a new one when I get home? You didn't have a phone the rest of the trip? No. Nope. Because you just went dark on us there. I did. Like, I had, like, I couldn't get a hold of anybody. It was okay. Like, whatever. Like, and then the next the next day, though, was bad. Like, it, I was so hungover. I couldn't even, like, eat. I couldn't... I didn't eat until the night at the rodeo. The next night? Like, like yeah, the whole so, like, day. I woke up Saturday morning. Like didn't eat that whole day until mm-hmm. that we went to the rodeo. At the rodeo. And that's when I had my first beer again because I was so hungover. That was when you got back on the swish. Mm-hmm. Then how'd that night go? It wasn't quite as wild. Yeah. We kept it pretty tame. We like, we wanted to go to Gillies. So we like walked all the way down to fucking Gillies and it was lame. Funny, like everybody, we all travel around Vegas to like find a good party. Usually when we get there, like it's either over or it's like too crowded to even be fun. Yeah. It just wasn't even like, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't my, my deal. So it was like, it was the first night we just was a runaway. I'm like not saying I didn't have fun. The times I went, like the places I went with my brother when it's just him and I, but like, I think like stuff like that's meant for a big group of people. If you're just going down for like a fun time, like if you go to an all inclusive resort, you go with like a big group of friends or if you go to Vegas, like it's fun to go with like, like another, like four or five people or you know what I mean? I think that would be a little bit more fun, but ooh, it was good. I like Vegas. I'm sick of Vegas. I don't want to go back. I've only least. been one. It's different because you go, you go <laughs> twice a year for Sometimes, extended periods yeah. of time, and I go. I've only been one time, so it's yeah. it's kind of different into the spectrum. I actually worked out down there this year. Like went to the gym. It was weird. I'm gonna pose a question to you. The new PRCA logo. I I really don't like it. Still, it's been a few weeks. We went through the entire NFR, and they kind of put it out there like at a weird time where it was before the finals, and they didn't t- talk about it. And then when I got there, there was only one person that was allowed to talk about it, and it was like really weird how it all went about. I don't like it, and I don't know what it's doing for the sport, and it's it's our brand. Like it's. I mean, I, I'm wonder, I'm curious to hear what more people think because it, it kind of got swept under the rug a little bit. Yeah. Some people don't give a shit either. No. But I mean, I don't know. It's what it's the brand. It's what represents the sport, and it's kind of. I don't think it's as marketable. I don't think it represents everything. Well, but, it's, it's like a, I guess good way to think about it is is like you look you like their twitter icon now with it like you can't even work. you can't even see it like it's so yeah, small there's no detail yeah. and like for me it's one of those things like i mentioned before like if it's not broke like why like don't fix it like if yeah it's fine like you it's, know it's recognized like it'll be like like we've talked like, like even like you mentioned in that thing you sent me it's like you gotta be able to recognize what it is just from looking at it yeah and like and like, and then like you look at the Twitter thing or even like on a Facebook icon, like you wouldn't be able to see, see what it. that is. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that kind of makes it a little hard to communicate like what it is mm-hmm. for me, if that makes sense. I don't, I think it's gone the wrong direction and based on how the NFR this was this year, I don't know. I not sure which way it's going, but we will see shortly. Will they, will they the like new season has begun? Are they like, do they say nobody said anything about it down there? Hey, no, it was like, they were supposed to have a press release about it. Yeah. It never happened. There was like a video that they did that I never, I saw at the rodeo, but I don't, I don't know if I ever saw it on social, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I just like, I don't, I just didn't think it was very good. And, uh, I don't know what it's doing. I think it's a waste of money to change it. And I, I think one thing they did mention was they want to promote it as pro rodeo rather than the PRCA, but, the PRCA is pro rodeo, but they wanted to set themselves apart from like all the associations with the RAs. That makes sense though. I, I can see that they're coming from there. Yeah. So maybe even if it's just a Bronco and it says pro rodeo, mm-hmm. and that's cool. But like, well, that, and then you think of that, that's easy. Like you have that. So yeah. pro rodeo, you know what it is. It's yeah. easy so to So get see. rid of all the other shit because now it's really fucking convoluted again. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. But well, this has been enough episode today and I'm going to go have a nap. Ted's sleeping. 
So you got to go play hockey. We got shit to do. Bit of an abrupt ending, but thanks for listening. Thanks to our guests this week. And see you next time. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Chrysler. This was episode 28 of Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy, brought to you by Everything Cowboy.